Those videos, I cannot get enough because it's so unique and it's probably not fun for you to film, maybe. <laughs> They're like my favorite. I'm like, how did she fit all those kids into so few rooms? Like, yeah. where do all the shoes go? Oh, oh it's so interesting to me. Welcome to this episode of the Frugal Fit Mom podcast. My name is Christina. I'll be your host today, and I am very, very excited to speak with a good friend of mine, Sarah, from the YouTube channel, Our Tribe of Many. She is a mother of many, many children, homeschools, shops for her large family once every two months, and has just moved her family of 13 into a house that is under 2,000 square feet. She is endlessly interesting, has a ton of knowledge to share with you. So without further ado, subscribe to this channel, leave a review if you haven't done that yet, and let's go chat with Sarah. Sarah, welcome to the podcast. Thank you. Thanks for having me. This is my first podcast. I'm so excited. <laughs> I'm shocked that this is your first podcast. If someone has no idea who you are, they don't know why I'm interviewing you today, go ahead and give a quick intro. Okay. I am a mother to 11 children. And so on our YouTube channel, we just like show our, our lives with a lot of kids. And it's interesting to people, I guess, because we have a lot of children. I feel like we had a big family when we had five kids, but now and five kids is a lot of kids. Like, but now we're kind of supersized. And so that's who I am. I'm a mom and I'm a wife and it takes all of my time every day and night. <laughs> can I, can I share some things that I found super interesting about you when I found you on YouTube? Sure. So there were a few families like yours that I would say are supersized. Okay. Uh -huh. And they showed their grocery hauls. That was one of the big things that you showed. Cause you shop once a month because mm -hmm. it takes too much time. It's like, it's annoying. Right? So you're it like once annoying. a month and I'm done. And I am so fascinated by the quantity for a family of now 13 for you. Right? Mm -hmm. Because I have a family of six. So I have four kids myself and that is a lot of kids in most places. Like if it I is. go basically anywhere in the United States, they're like four. Oh my gosh. Like, you know, what causes that, right? Yeah. You know? And, and I'm like, yes, don't worry. We've put a TV in the bedroom. We're no more, you know, we got it, <laughs> you know, and they make jokes about it. But, but even to me, like 11 children versus four, so that's almost triple the amount yeah. of kids that I buy for. And I'm like, how many apples is that? It's yeah. so fascinating for me to watch like, how many yogurts does it take? Like, I'm so interested. Yeah. So I got to know you a little bit through your grocery hauls. And in the process, what you didn't mention is what's also extremely interesting is that you are in an interracial and an intercultural international. What, what do you call it? Yeah. Um, marriage. Yeah. International. Yep. Yeah. International because he's from Kenya, right? Yep. I just found that so fascinating to have him move to the United States and, and adjust culturally you know, to America. And it was endlessly interesting to me. I, and I do, I even forget about that part because it's just our life, you know? Right. Yeah, I, met, I met my husband in East Africa in Kenya. So like people see us and they're like really staring. Okay. So you could be the, the big family that they're staring at. It could be that we all just look different. I don't know. <laughs> We're in the middle of the United States. So you know, we just, we look unique a little bit, but yeah, when you get the questions of how, what causes that or whatever, I, of course we get all those questions too. Right. And I'm, I'm never, I think there was only one time that was really offensive what somebody said, but almost all the time they're just curious and they're, you know, 
I'd never mind those questions, but sometimes I have gotten a question and the first time I could not figure it out at all. I was like, what? But someone asked me at the pool, I think I had seven kids at that time. And she said, where are your kids from? And oh, did she think you adopted them? Yeah, but I couldn't figure that out right at first. I'm like, from? My loins? From me? (laughs) (laughs) They're from my body? I don't know. (laughs) And then I realized she had an adopted child. And I was like, oh, yeah, they all came from my body. (laughs) Right. Since then, I've gotten that question a number of times. And now I always know what it is. And every time they either are adopted parents themselves or like their sister adopted or something. So it's on their radar that when kids look different than mom, which my kids all look like my husband, they're all way Mm -hmm. darker than I am, that it's probably adopted kids. And so that question never bothers me either. But the first time I was, it took me a second. Like, oh, yes. (laughs) I didn't experience this, but my sister is married to a Korean. And so some genes are really, really strong. (laughs) And and the Asian (laughs) ones are one of them, right? And so her daughter looks Korean. Right. But she, but my sister looks like me. And Mm -hmm. so it's kind of the same thing. And it's just the one kid, but sometimes they're kind of like, huh, they don't really look related at all, but she's the mom. Like they came from her body. So it is interesting to watch how genetics play into that, especially in your family. I think all your kids actually look really similar to each other. Yeah. And I think they're a good mix of you and your husband. I think, don't you think? You know, people tell me that I do feel like they all look a lot like him. When I look at his siblings, even they all just look so much like Solo and his siblings. He comes from a larger family. They have six, they have six kids in their family. And man, I feel like they look like them, but people do tell me they look like me. They're obviously way darker than me. Their hair is way different than I am. But yeah, it's funny. The other day we were traveling and we were, I don't know, somewhere, we were somewhere in Illinois. We're traveling to Florida and somebody stopped us and they had seen my kids go in the restaurant to order food. And then they saw my little girls, my, one of my older girls took my little girls to the bathroom and they finally came out and they're like, are these all your children? They all look exactly alike. There were only 10 children and they're valid stayed home. And they kept commenting on how they have never seen so many children look exactly alike. So I do hear that one a lot too. They, I think they, they do look a lot alike. They do. They look related. That's for sure. People say yeah. that about my kids also like that my four look like identical. I yeah. can see how they look related. It probably helps that Dave and I are both like, look, we're so pale. We're like translucent in the winter. Right. And then we're both blonde. And Uh so all of our kids are like pale and blonde, (laughs) you know, but to me, like, I actually think most of them look like him, except for my second son looks quite a bit like me, but they, I think they all really look like him. Sometimes people will say that my daughter looks like me. I don't think that's true. I think her mannerisms are like mine. So they think she looks like me. And then Mm -hmm. Dave will walk in the room and they're like, oh, actually, never mind. (laughs) (laughs) She looks like that. Yep. And I'm like, yep, yep. 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 And when they people do. say that about my daughter too, that it's the mannerisms, but when they see his sister and her together, it's like they're twins. <laughs> yeah, exactly. I have a question about being in different cultures because I have only ever lived in the United States. However, I have had culture shock moving from area to area. So like Texas to North Carolina to Idaho, mm-hmm. I've had major culture shocks in the different areas of just the United States, because they're all very different. Mm -hmm. So when you go for your extended trips to Africa, how shocking is that to you 
And then also to have Solo like move to the United States, what was that like for him? Yeah, well, when I first went to Kenya, I was 16. I went with my dad and my mom grew up. She was actually born and raised in Africa, believe it or not. She was a missionary kid. And so she was born in Kenya and she was raised in West Africa and Nigeria for 10 years of her life. And so I grew up hearing, I had an aunt and uncle that were missionaries long-term in Kenya. So I grew up hearing so many stories and seeing so many pictures that I thought I would not have any culture shock at all. And I did. There's just nothing like seeing a different place. Even you can hear all about it and everything, and it's nothing like seeing it. And so it was really cool to be there. But by the time, um, like now, I don't have culture shock really, because maybe if I went to live there, I would probably, because you're doing all these other things. But when we go now, I don't, because I've been many, many times, like Solo and I met there. So when he came here, he also had the experience of, because of Hollywood, you know, People oh. overseas a lot of times tend to think they know a lot about America and they do, but they also in the media in general, they also get kind of a warp, just like we can get a warped view of Africa through the media. They can get a warped view of what it is here, but I think he, he had a very good idea. So he didn't have a ton of culture shock, but I, I do know that first year of marriage, cause he only came like three months before we got married. Well, he had come, I guess, nine months before for a month when he proposed and talked to my parents and all that. But yeah, he wasn't here a long time when we got married. And so there were certain things like he was very tired the first year we were married. And I think a lot of it was culture shock just because every you're taking in stuff all the time, you know, all this new information and new things. There were little things like a, a water fountain in the park. I just drank out of it. I'm not a germaphobe in any way, shape or form. And he's like, what? There's water fountain in the park for one thing and then you're drinking out of it like because he comes from a place where the water is bad you don't trust the water anywhere and right there were right. things like that that kept coming up but I think I think the biggest thing you know he had to go through winter here which we found out he liked winter better than the dead of summer because he lived in basically a perfect climate and so the, the extreme heat was harder than the extreme cold because at least you can always get warmer you know so there were things like that. But I think the biggest thing is in the Kenyan culture and like a lot of other cultures that are not America, we are workaholics. And I think there's good to our working culture and there's bad to it. And so we've joked our whole marriage, like Saturdays is the only time we fight because, like, you know, it's, it's joking, but I always have like a list of things to do on a day off and he wants to sit and enjoy his chai and talk. And like, we are so like list and work driven here. And so I think there's some good things about our culture in that manner, but there's a lot of good about slowing down and just taking time and resting and sitting down and, and, and talking and enjoying, you know, I mean, I'm always like, what are the lists of things? This is our day to get it all done. Let's clean out the garage, you know? So that was a perpetual argument that we had on day off, days off. We're like, the only time we notice our cultural differences is days off. <laughs> first year he's like working as a teller at a bank and they they wouldn't even get they'd get like five or ten minute break in an eight hour shift where in Kenya you get two chai breaks that are like 15 20 minutes each plus an hour lunch break I mean nobody gets breaks like that here and vacations we get two weeks vacation where they start out with a month you know there's a lot of, of differences that make us actually look kind of bad <laughs> like keep working keep working <laughs> did he have a hard time with the food he he loves his own food a lot he loves so, his own mm -hmm. and he's thankfully he's a good cook so i could always tell especially earlier on in our marriage when he was homesick he would cook and thankfully i love his food too so he's pretty flexible to eat all kinds of foods 
But I can always tell when he's homesick because he starts cooking a lot. And he kind of learned how to master it because, you know, when you're living abroad, you either learn how to cook your own food or you find somebody else who, who knows how to. So Something else that I am endlessly interested in that you are doing right now is you just moved your family to some land that you purchased and you have transitioned from what most would call a large house. Although with a family of 13, it probably didn't feel large. It probably just felt like it was just enough to what most people would consider a normal size house, but for a family of 13 is quite small. Yeah. So what was the house size you were in and what is the size you are in now? So we were in 4,200 square feet, which is a really good size house. But mm -hmm. I would say in the dead of winter, I had a friend that has a large family and she says, you can never have a house big enough <laughs> in the dead of winter, you know? It still would feel like that's small true. sometimes, yes. which is crazy and sounds terribly spoiled and awful. But we, yeah, we had times where like our dining area, it felt tight to walk around when we're all doing homeschool around the table, all the things, cooking dinner at the same time. So I'm ashamed to say sometimes it felt small, <laughs> but yeah, now we're in 1700 square feet and now I know what small is. <laughs> <laughs> Those videos, like I, I cannot, I cannot get enough because it's so unique. Yeah. I find it so interesting and it's probably not fun for you to film. Maybe <laughs> they're like my favorite. I'm like, how did she fit all those kids into so few rooms? Like yeah. where do all the shoes go? Oh, oh it's so interesting to me. Yeah. You know, uh, we've only been in this house, this bigger house for six years. So we did have 2,100 square feet before that. So it's not like, completely like we didn't have 4,200 square feet when we had two kids or something, you know, we right. had, we moved in when I was, we were expecting our eighth, but it's challenging. Like filming vlogging is, I'm always like, okay, everybody be quiet. <laughs> I thought I did that a lot at my house before, but now it's like, they're all it, the noise. It's hard to escape from the noise. That's the hardest part. But yeah, we have a two bedroom house that we moved into. So we're hoping to build on our land. We just haven't started yet. We have a two bedroom house technically, but the basement had a bedroom and a, like a living room that had a door. So we obviously made that a bedroom right away. And then there's a loft area. So we obviously made that a bedroom. There's a small walk-in closet. So obviously the baby got that as a bedroom. <laughs> like, so we've made all kinds of bedrooms out of nothing. But yeah, it's interesting. Like we challenged the septic system that's built for a two bedroom home and... Uh, <laughs> Like, why are the toilets all clogging when you pee again? Oh, yeah, septic. <laughs> septic. You know, there's challenges and there's good things. And so I think what surprised me is how many good things that I found about the small space. Sometimes to the point where I'm like, maybe we shouldn't build a big house on the acreage. But most of the time now, now the longer we're there, I'm like, no, we're just going to really appreciate the big house. <laughs> and, you know, sometimes kids need their space and... Yeah, that's kids. true. I'm, I'm I amazed that it's only a year. Custom houses in my area are two years. Oh yeah. Not here. They're fast. Wow. They're fast. That's, I'm like a little jealous actually. Yeah. They even say like 10 months from when they break ground. So wow. I don't know. It's we just, I don't think fast. we have the workforce and the materials have to be shipped so far. I have friends that built houses and they were waiting for three months for like roof trusses. Oh, they were like, wow. we, we can't, we can't build anything because stuff's not showing up. Yeah, that's crazy. They told us there's certain things that take a long time, but they order them right at the beginning, the minute we say go. 
but yeah, we're waiting on permits and things like that. So it'll right. be a little bit of time, but then once we get going, it should be qu pretty quick, but my oldest is 19 and my youngest is one. So, you know, the older kids, I have a lot of teenagers in my house right now, four of them, and they're used to a little more space, which I think if we always had little space, it would be different. But since they're used to it, yeah, it can be frustrating at times a little to like, where can I find quiet? You know, I like quiet myself sometimes. And my husband, he's trying to work, you know, we're, we're both self-employed plus pastoring a church, but the self-employment part is the part you're wanting to work at home. So yeah, it's hard to find a corner sometimes. We all have earbuds and headphones now. <laughs> we use them, but because we're on an acreage, our kids are outside all the time. Are you worried about winter yeah. that they're all going to be in the house and they won't be outside like that? Or are you not worried about that? I am worried about it, but we, we have some backup plans like putting a heater in our garage. We have a play area in our garage, heaters on our deck and the kids will just play outside. That's, you know, mm -hmm. you know, when you live in cold weather areas, you still go outside. A lot of people don't, but I don't know how they do that. I want my kids to still go outside as much as they can tolerate it. We try to get good warm clothing. But yeah, it won't be anything like it is spring, summer, and fall where they just live out there. So it will be a challenge. We were hoping to have the house done by like Christmas or January, early January, but that's not going to happen. So we'll, we'll get very close. <laughs> that's a good part is I see my kids all the time. Like there's no, where are the kids? No, there's no hiding. And no, they're there. They're right there in front of your face. <laughs> I feel like we'll all look back at this time like, that was special. <laughs> <laughs> like good memories, mostly. I'm hoping. We're trying to really make it fun because it's not the long-term plan. If it was the long-term plan, I, I think my kids honestly would move out faster. And I don't want them to. So I'm like, no, this is fun. The year of fun. Let's make everything fun. <laughs> Watch movies together and light the fire and play games and all, you know, as fun as we can make it. On your channel, you have moved from your once a month grocery shopping to once every two months. Yes. Tell That's me it. about that. Yeah, it's mostly an attempt to stay in my grocery budget. I think like a couple of years ago, I raised it a few hundred dollars, which was great. But now trying to stay in it, I'm just like challenging myself. Well, if I shop every two months, it makes me really think hard about what I'm getting. And so I, I obviously have to go back for fresh fruits, some fresh vegetables, and we go to a farm every two weeks for like milk and eggs. But for the most of it, I look and like plan menus for two week, two months now and just make sure we have everything that we need to cook all the meals we need to for that. And it really is helping me stay in budget, but wow, prices are just crazy. Two to three times what they were two years ago. I just can't even believe it. Yes. You know, I've often said that I have one skill and it's having a low grocery budget. Like that's my one skill that, that uh -huh. I do very, very well. And yeah. I believe that I could go into anyone's house and follow people around the grocery store and cut their budget in half on food. Yeah. Most people, you're probably not one of those people <laughs> because you are feeding so many people. So you're spending how much every two months at this moment? Yeah. So 3000 every two months. So that's 1500 a month for 13, for 13 people. 14. I'm sure I could do better, but I'm really trying, like we buy raw milk. <laughs> no, you buy nice ingredients, raw milk, like farm fresh eggs. Those are a premium. Some months we save a lot. And then that kind of goes to pay for like for a whole cow at a time, which saves us money, but gives us good ingredients, you know? 
It's hard. And then I built up a storage of food over time, which is much like yours. And I did it since 2020. I'm like, we have way too many people to be having friends help us look for rice at stores. You know, this right. is ridiculous. I don't ever want to be in this position again. I want to be the one helping others. I just wanted to come from a position of like, hey, I want to help you because it's hard to find food. Yeah, now we have like six to nine months worth of a working pantry that of all food we actually eat. And so a lot of my meals come out of that, which helps. So if I don't want to spend a lot of money one month, like oh, we just eat out of the pantry more. So that's how that's also how I'm able to get away with that. But I built it up under my budget. You know, I took I think I, I started with one month's grocery budget to give me a boost. But then from then on, it's just like it's all we're a little low on this. So let's stock up on this this time. And it's all come out of my budget, just doing a little extra here and there. And then, yeah. So if someone were trying to start, what do you call it? A working pantry, like a larger working pantry, because it does look overwhelming. Like when yes. you, when you see what I have and like, if people saw what you have, they'd be like, Oh, Oh my gosh. Is it that overwhelming once you start? It actually really wasn't that bad at all because I think I focused on food that we actually eat. And so it's like, I think figuring out what to store is half the battle. And mm -hmm. so many people, I don't know why this is a thing, but so many people store foods they don't actually like or eat. And then it can just seem overwhelming. Like, oh, I should bulk up on ravioli. Well, do you eat ravioli? Not really. You know, canned ravioli. Who's eating canned ravioli? I'm sure some people are, but if you're not. Well, not my kids. It. No, <laughs> my kids won't touch that stuff. Yeah. So like, we just looked at what meals we eat the most, just started with, you know, a handful that we eat the most and okay, what stores long-term that goes into these meals? And there's a lot, rice, canned tomatoes, those kind of things. You're listing what I have. Yep, and so we just took those things. Actually, we build a lot of meals out of not that many ingredients and supplemented with some fresh stuff. And then we just started stocking up on those. And then we got to like, we realized, oh, we have three months worth of all this stuff. And they were like, maybe we should go to four, you know, and just keep building it little by little. We keep taco chips because we'll do nacho night once or twice a month, you know, and we can get those big boxes and we just stick them up there. You know, anything that could just go for a while, we stock up on it. Why not? <laughs> and because we actually eat the food that we keep, we don't worry about things going bad because we're always adding to the back and taking from the front. And so I think that's the big key is like, what, what do you eat? Store what you eat and it makes it much simpler and then eat what you store. Right. I think there are people right. that have those quotes out there, but it's true. It's just that simple. We don't eat tuna in my house mm -hmm. because my husband just hates it from the depths of his soul. Hates it. Like you would think, oh, obviously, like it's an easy protein. You open a can, you can eat it cold, whatever, you know. Yeah. Nope. It just, it just sits there in my house. Yeah. So tuna is actually not one of the things yeah. that we store at all. We do a ton of rice. I store a lot of rice. I actually store a lot of wheat, berries, like just yep. wheat in buckets. Yep. And it was slow. I think I bought like two 40 pound buckets a month yeah. for like six months. Yeah. So it and wasn't I, even that much. And then all of a sudden I was like, look at all these buckets of wheat yes. that I have. Yeah. So we have a ton of oats. We have a ton of wheat berries. In fact, when it comes, when you mentioned wheat berries, we have all the ingredients to make bread at all mm -hmm. times. And I have six yep. months, nine months worth of the ingredients to make bread. I mean, what a relief that is. Like you just can make some bread anytime, you know? And then exactly. when I'm feeling productive, I make a bunch and put some in the freezer so that, because there are times where you don't want to make bread. 
Definitely. Pull it out. <laughs> but yeah, to have all of that, like you could never store loaves of bread from the grocery store. So you do have to get a little more creative, maybe grow some skills. Like a lot of the stuff I store, I would say I use some skills to use it. Like we don't buy cereal, but we buy a lot of oats and we make granola out of it. And we honey, which stores forever. I didn't know that before, but it stores forever. And so with some oats and honey, man, I can make a lot of cereal, you know, and grinding our wee berries and making bread. Yeah, we just can keep it going for a long time. Bread is actually not that hard. It's more, yeah, it's more of a technique. It's a, mm -hmm. it's a little bit of an art, but I took a class when I was like 20. Oh, that's smart. And they taught me in the class. I just kind of stumbled into it. They were doing like a demo at a preparedness store where they like sell wheat and wheat grinders. And I was pretty much a newlywed. I'd only been married a few months. And, you know, we were just killing time on a Saturday and we just stumbled into this class and yes. they demoed whole wheat bread, cinnamon rolls, whole wheat pancakes. So you take the wheat berries and you blend them in a blender mm -hmm. with like milk and some eggs and baking powder and like make, you didn't have to grind them. You just make pancakes out of the whole wheat berries. So they oh, wow. were showing us all the different things you can make with wheat berries. And they like demoed the whole thing. They were like, you can make, use the same dough, cinnamon rolls, pizza crust, you know, hamburger buns. And I was like, my mind was blown just from this like adult cooking class for a couple of hours. And I'm yeah. like, I'm going to try it. <laughs> Yeah. And here we are, you know? Oh, it's such a great skill to have. That's one thing I'm like, all my kids, before you leave the house, I, I'm a cheater. I get these bread makers from like Goodwill and just garage They're everywhere. sales. Yep. They're everywhere because people buy them and don't use them. And I have a couple of them going at once and I'll just get a couple batches in and I can walk away. And then I put the bread in my oven because it makes the house smell amazing. I like yes. the loaves from the oven, but I do the dough in there. But like one of the life skills, my kids, before they move out, they have to know how to make bread without a bread machine. Just, it's just such a good skill to have. I want them to have that confidence, like just to be able to make it. But that fascinates me about not having to grind the wheat berries to make the pancakes. Oh my gosh. Okay, Sarah, this is going to blow your mind. So I have a recipe I'm going to share with you after. Okay. I okay. don't even know that it's on my website. We call them blender pancakes. My kids shortened it to blendy pans. <laughs> I know. Aren't they funny? But it's like, it's just like wheat, milk, like wheat berries, milk. Yeah. You blend it for like oh, just a long time, like three minutes. I don't even have a nice blender. I have a Ninja. It's not even a Vitamix or anything. And then you That's add a little I bit more to. milk. You blend it yep. another two minutes. And then you add like a little bit of oil, honey, eggs, baking powder, salt, maybe a little bit of salt, tiny bit of sugar. Done. They're amazing. They're so delicious. I don't make them all that often because I'm lazy. I, I don't make breakfast that often. Like my kids, I have stuff they can grab and make themselves. Yes. But the days I make blendy pans. Blendy pans. They, totally they're good. like, yes. They're so like, what is it about the whole wheat berries that are like, I, I know I add honey, but they really taste like sweet, like honey. I don't know. They're so good. They're hearty. They're really delicious. Oh, I'm going to try that because we, we never it. buy pancake mix. So we're always like, you know, it takes a long time to make. I think we, in the Betty Crocker cookbook, we use the pancake recipe. And next to yes. it, we have it, everything times six. And that's how we do <laughs> <laughs> I go times four. So I'm impressed that you only do times six. Uh, by the end, well, so usually we'll come back and do that times six again so that maybe we can have pancakes tomorrow too, you know, with one shot. But by the end, whoever agreed to make pancakes is like, I'm never making pancakes again. <laughs> it's 
So I bet for your family, you're sitting over that griddle for hours, man. Oh, it's hours. It's hours. And then uh, sometimes we do sheet, sheet pan pancakes, mm-hmm. but they're not the same as like frying them, you know? It's just yep. not the same. Yep, but I know. that blender trick sounds, that sounds really easy because you just pour it out of the blender into the griddle or whatever. <laughs> yeah, yes, you do. Stitches, I'm all for that. <laughs> but I find them much more filling. Yeah. Oh yeah. Than, than the other way. And I'm not really a syrup person on my pancakes anyway. I'm more of like a, I want peanut butter on them and I kind of eat them like bread. That's just me. Or, or strawberries and whipped cream. Mm. That sounds good. (laughs) I like it that way. (laughs) Yes. I I find that the whole wheat berries, like even the brown rice, everything, if that kind of, the quality, good quality ingredients fills up my kids so much better. And then they have that crash like an hour and a half later. Uh, It's just better. The other thing about shopping every two months, like even when I did once a month shopping since I got married, basically, as long as there are seasons I didn't have the storage or I didn't have the income all at once to do it. Um, And I'd go to every two weeks. But as soon as I could, I would go back to once a month. And there's just such a sense of relief. I hate shopping. So maybe that has something to do with it. But like to just know that everything is there. You have all the food you need to make meals for the next month. That is just such a relief. I don't know. I love it. And then I can just put it out of my mind. The meals are planned. Just have to remember to thaw the meat. (laughs) (laughs) Right. I do like shopping. Okay. It's like, I Mm -hmm. really love it. But you're into the chase, like the game of finding the deals and all that. Yeah, Yeah. I want want the deals. I want to know what's out there. I really enjoy it. My dreams as a child were living in the grocery store. I probably have some food trauma in there somewhere, (laughs) you know. But I do enjoy having like a full fridge and a full pantry because I'm like, look at all of the options. Yeah. I could literally do anything and I don't have to, I don't have to be like, I don't know what to make for dinner. I I never feel that way. I always have something I could throw together no matter when it is because I have so much. Maybe I have too much, you know, who's to say if I have too much or if you have too much or not enough, I don't know. But I have another question because so we didn't really talk about your homeschooling that much. I know you do homeschool all of your children. Mm-hmm. Huge kudos to that, by the way. But the question is because you homeschool, you know, you're feeding this enormous family. You make videos for YouTube. Do you ever have time to yourself? Yes, I do. What I do you like, like to do in your you time. I, this will not sound interesting at all. Just like close the door and be alone. <laughs> like lay on your bed and go, Oh, yes. It's awesome. Yeah. Do you know what what mine is? What? (laughs) I like to take a really hot shower and I sit on the floor in the shower. I sit on the floor, like curled up, not, not in a fetal position, you know, but my knees are tucked up a little bit and I lay my head back. There's like a bench and I lay my head back and I let the hot water like pelt me. Oh, that sounds And I'll just sit there for 20 minutes. I won't even move. Is that a waste of water? I don't care. Hey, it, it is, it is solving a lot of problems. <laughs> You're getting clean, up in a hot, steamy shower, mental health care. <laughs> There's a lot of things happening. <laughs> I really enjoy those 20 minutes, man. I, I like some mindless television. I love reading a book. If I can have, if I have any mental capacity left, I don't know. I just really like to be alone just for a little bit, which just helps me a lot. I like learning um, new skills, but I'm not alone when I'm doing that. So I, I do think that fills a cup of mine, like learning kitchen skills and just like I learned how to can a year and a half ago and I loved it. To me, that kind of stuff is fun. That's maybe my hobby, but yeah, just to, I just need a time by myself sometimes. 
So what kind of TV do you like? I love TV and movies, so I want the juicy, like, do you like trashy TV? Mindless, brain-numbing, like yeah, The Bachelor. You know, I really liked, oh, I used to watch The Bachelor. I, I really used to like a lot of reality shows, but I feel like so many of them become such trash. I'm like, ah, I can't watch any of that now. They're pretty trashy, yes. Yeah. <laughs> I loved Sister Wives for a long time. Are you I like, serious? I like watching just shows that are just very different. You're They're very different from your life. You're like, hmm, why? <laughs> the whole time. Their, their drama and problems just seem like unnecessary <laughs> but it makes my drama and problems seem like nothing <laughs> so so what are you watching right now if you were to go um, in your room right now and turn on the tv what would you watch i can't find anything though i just had surgery just like a week ago and so i've spent a lot of time in bed and i'm like there's nothing on yeah it's been kind of sad I, can't, I just can't find anything there's like so many options but you can't find anything you know that feeling I watched oh, this, i know i know i watched this whole series that was a muslim family in it was like an, an arranged marriage in, in Indonesia. And it was like English over their mouth. I can't even believe I watched that whole thing. My kids kept coming in. You're still watching it? Like, hey, it's I can't, clean. I don't even know how you found that. It was on Hulu or something. And it was it was called the a marriage agreement. It was like a 10 episode. Each one was an hour. I'm just fascinated. I'm like, your life is very different than mine. <laughs> oh, man. I'll give you two things that well, I'll give you three things that I'm like, either just finished or currently watching. Okay. Okay. I love fitness stuff. Uh-huh. So like adventure racing. Oh yeah. Fitness documentaries, like that kind of stuff. I'm really, really into that. So anytime I see one of those documentaries, I'm like, yes, watch. Yes. So on YouTube, uh-huh. Dave and I just watched, it's a short documentary. It's like 45 minutes on a 250 mile ultra marathon race. It's called Every Step Forward. Dave and I were like, we're not that tough. <laughs> oh my gosh. Okay, so we watched that. That was amazing. And then we just finished last night watching Race to Survive Alaska. Oh, that's 10 crazy. episodes. I think it's on CBS. My mom has like the YouTube TV stuff. So we just go over to her house and watch it. Oh, yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, that was endlessly interesting to us. <laughs> That's what makes then, me feel like bad for laying there. I'm watching that kind of stuff like, oh man, I should get up. And no, just... I watch it and I'm like, there's no way I'm doing that. <laughs> <laughs> and then just like regular TV. What is this on? Netflix? The That TV show, New Amsterdam? It's like a doctor oh, show. I'm a few yeah. episodes into that. Anyway, that's that's what I'm watching right now. Yeah. I struggle to find stuff these days. I don't know. It's hard. It's hard to find good things. There's like, oh my, I go back no to old favorites. Now. Yeah, we watch a lot of old stuff. We go back to Seinfeld episodes when we're <gasps> down. <laughs> we, we end every day with a Seinfeld episode. Last night's Seinfeld episode was where Jerry dated the maid. Oh, wow. <laughs> season nine. There you go. We're in season nine. Yep. You know, we watched some, this one show that we've watched quite a few episodes of where this guy comes in and his kids and they rescue homesteads. Have you seen that? And they like go to these crazy uh, places, you know. Just, What's this guy's name? Oh, I can't even remember. It's probably Discovery something. I don't know. We have my parents log in for a couple of things. <laughs> <laughs> Their channel. But they go into the, these homesteads are like built in the middle of nowhere and totally off grid. And they're trying to do all this stuff. And these guys come rescue them. It's really fascinating. Okay. Like, that sounds so good. I would yeah. be all over that. It's cool. I love you know the name of it? 
we love true stories. No, Re- Homestead Rescue maybe? It's something simple like that. Um, okay. Let me look it up real quick. I want to say it's Discovery something. Yeah, aren't there a bunch of Discovery things now? I don't know. Homestead Rescue, 10 seasons? Yeah, there's a lot. I know. What? All of okay. them are like, whoa, those people were crazy when they decided to go out there. <laughs> okay, Discovery Plus. It's on Max, Hulu, Sling, Roku, Prime, all kinds. Like if you have, I have Discovery Plus because I love all the Dr. Pimple Popper and like yes. Fixer Upper and what's that other one with that couple that got divorced in California? Flipper Flop. Oh yes, yes. My favorite show by far and above all shows is called The Midwife. I love Call the Midwife. It's a PBS. Like yes. I love that show. I've seen every episode. I'm like always up to date on that but my kids my family likes to watch oh what's the one with the veterinarian it's also a masterpiece yes, yes. my my kids watch that one too I all can't creatures great and small so we we have a few things that we love to watch as a family that one and then if it's just the older kids we watch the middle which is so many laughs i love it sarah we didn't talk about your course that you just launched at all so you just launched a course congrats by the way i'm building yes. one myself why are they so hard to make they are so hard to make. Everybody's like, courses are easy. So what is your course about and where can people find it? It's about home management. And yeah, I could send you a link for it, but it's... Yeah, uh, we can put the link in the show notes for sure. Oh, that'd be awesome. Thank you. Um, but yeah, it's So just what a- kind of people is it helping then? It is helping the person, the parent who is like just probably mostly moms who are just overwhelmed with like how chaotic their home is. I know we all have those seasons. But I'm just giving you my experience of parenting, 11 kids, 19 19 years of experience. I was obsessed with home management even before I had my first one. I don't know why I'd read books about it. And just like, it's so fun to find systems that actually work. And they they change as your kids grow and, and you're in different seasons. But I'm passionate about like finding the thing that works to make it easier for you. Because I feel like your home should be a place of peace and not chaos. And so when there's areas in my home that are not working out well, I work hard to just find the fix for it, find that that system that will work for it. And so I give a lot of practical ideas just about taking care of yourself in the midst of it all and also just getting things done so that it's not taking up so much of your mental space and not causing you so much stress. So it's seven week course and they get a new video every day for seven weeks, which is a whole lot of videos, but it's wow. just kind of little pieces, <laughs> little pieces at a time. And we, we have, I have a community group option with it too, which has been fun. It's nice to actually just really get to know some ladies like way more up close and personal. So that's it. That's it in a nutshell is home management, but yeah, it's fun. I, I love the topic. I could talk about it a lot. Okay. Awesome. Well, I'll definitely leave that like in the description or show notes for people to go oh, check out you. if they're interested. And What's then about? I'm doing, it's a working title, <laughs> but I thought about it this morning and I was like, Ooh, this is a good title. Grocery budget bootcamp. Ooh, nice. Something like that. Hack your grocery budget in half, something, something or other. Anyway, I think there's like 10 modules and like five to seven videos per module with like printables and then like a group option also. Like you can come be part of the group for more one-on-one help. Yep. It is, it's been kicking my butt. (laughs) Oh boy. Trying to film everything. Nine months to get up. So I know well the struggle. It is. Yeah. It felt like birthing a child. (laughs) (laughs) Hopefully it'll be out in August. That's the goal is that it will be done in August. That's that's the hope for myself. There's a lot of people that need 
what you have to offer because, you know, budgets, grocery budgets. Woo. I, I know. It's the killer in everyone's budget. That's, that's what I know. So where else can everyone find you online? YouTube, your course, anywhere else? Yeah, on YouTube, we're our tribe of many. And on Instagram too, I try to show up there, but I'm not very good at it. I have a lot on my plate. <laughs> but I've tried to be very consistent on YouTube. So that's where I am the Okay, most. good. Yeah, I'm not very good at Instagram either. I mean, I'm there, but yeah. <laughs> you know, yes. you can't do everything, I guess. I have one last question before we go for today. I ask everybody. So you've reached the end of your life and you get one last meal and you don't have to cook it or clean up, what are you eating? I am totally eating a good Thai dish, like yes, cow soy. Have you ever heard of that? It's, I haven't heard of it, but tell me what's in it. It's like a, it, they call it like a soup, but it just has all these different like flavors that just are amazing and they explode and they're so good. And oh, it's just good. I love Thai food. Anything that's really good Thai food. I do love Thai flavors, so I suspect I would enjoy that thoroughly. Okay. Awesome. Thank you, Sarah, for hanging out with me today. And we are going to leave it there. All right. Thanks for having me.